Yo, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Demo Listen. I'm Gray. I'm joined as always by my co-host Nathan. And uh, this week we got a guest on, on on the show. I think Nate, is this our first guest actually? Um, it's our, I guess our first. Uh, well, I mean, Inner Armor was a guest. Oh yeah, for, yeah. I forgot we had Inner Armor on on the episode. I forgot about that. You're um, a full band on here. Yeah, yeah. We well, had three members. Uh, yeah, yeah, three members. Yeah, it's a lot of fucking people to manage. Well, yeah, and they were also like getting progressively drunk throughout the course of the episode. <laughs> it so, was basically just like a room mic. Yeah, more or less. I'm sure it sounded great. Yeah, it sounded amazing. So, uh, so today we have joining us Ian Shelton from the band Regional Justice Center, previously of the band uh, Seattle's New Gods, occasionally a member of Self Defense Family. Um, but most listeners would probably know him most prominently from Regional Justice Center. Uh, yo, what's up, Ian? I'm just chilling, man. Just, uh, <laughs> I, I can't go to the 7-Eleven across the street from my house because I don't own a mask. So uh, I'm, I'm feeling salty about it currently. Word. I just, I just left the grocery store before I, uh, I, I started doing this podcast. We went out and, and did a grocery run with myself and one of my roommates. And uh, the, mi- the mix of masks is interesting out there because like a lot of people are just wearing dust masks that do literally nothing at all. I mean, that's basically everyone is just wearing ones that do nothing at all. So, well, yeah, but I mean, that's probably better than just having your fucking, you know, mouth hole open um, all the time. I mean, I have yeah. a beard. It catches a lot of the, a yeah, lot of the I mean, stuff, people you wearing know? bandanas and shit. I guess the point is to just, it's not so much about you. It's about whatever the shit it is you're spewing out on people around you. Right. Yeah, that's true. So it's to prevent like particulates from getting out away from you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I just want to go to the Seven Eleven. Yeah, I feel you. Uh, the 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 bandana look has uh, has the entire world looking like a Hellfest pit, circa two thousand four. It's very comical around uh, my neighborhood currently, as yeah, far as that goes. Um, so in case you've never listened to an episode of the show before, the format is very simple. We listen to punk and hardcore, and I guess punk and hardcore adjacent stuff, indie rock, metal, etc. It's uh, typically our first time hearing everything that has been submitted to us. We sometimes have heard the bands before, but it's typically our first time hearing the particular release and everything is uh, listener submitted. We will roll some dice. We usually have 10 bands in the queue every week. We'll roll some dice, get through between five and seven of them, and we just give our honest takes on them. Just to, uh, as a reminder, I like to to drive this point home every once in a while. We do genuinely like punk and hardcore, which is why we talk about it for several hours every week. And we are just grown men who spend most of our time playing D and D. Um, if something that we say offends you, I think that's a reflection upon your very weak emotional state. And you should probably spend some time reflecting on why it is that two strangers in a basement, uh, upset you. So even if we go in on something, keep in mind, we really like punk and hardcore and we encourage people to go out buy releases, see shows, uh, engage with their local scene. If that's a thing that interests you, don't, uh, you know, don't just take everything we say in stride. This is all, uh, this is all in good spirit. It's very rare that we actually try and discourage somebody from playing music, although it has happened on occasion. Yeah. And we don't take anything seriously, literally. Um, on the most recent Patreon episode, we ended up making fun of Lou Barlow for 10 minutes for having a family that he loves. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. I sent that clip to my friend Skylar this morning, and uh, I was just reflecting upon it when I woke up this morning that we like, le- legit spent like five minutes basically just uh, lambasting Lou Barlow for writing a song for his children. Yeah. And how in our world, like we're so deeply emotionally maladjusted that we couldn't think of anything dumber than that. 
Yeah, I think I just laughed for about two minutes straight out loud, like a, a madman at some sort of cataclysm that he uh, initiated. Yeah, for real. And like I said on the Patreon episode, that is way more of a, refl- of a reflection of what is wrong with us than uh, what is wrong with Lou Barlow or anybody else. So just keep in mind, if anything that we say upsets you, this is the level of emotional development that you're dealing with. The people that find it hilarious that a grown man would write a loving song to his children. It is pretty fucking dumb to do that, though, because obviously you love your fucking children, right? <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. I mean, come I mean, on. I mean, That's the, gest- fucking dumb. the gesture's not bad. Yeah, it's it's fucking dumb. It's it would be more significant if you wrote a song about your children that you hate. Um, <laughs> yeah, that'd yeah. be a good song, I think. Yeah, I, I wonder. I mean, that has to have been done throughout history at some point, right? Yeah, yeah. We were gonna do that set. Um, who were we gonna play with? Um, when we were gonna play with Terror? Yeah, we were gonna play with Terror, and we we're gonna play that set where I was gonna shave my shave my head and have like sunglasses and a mustache and goatee and wear some sketcher like boot shoes and some jean shorts and say that I was your dad. Right. And we we're gonna be called Sweet Leaf, and a lot of my songs are gonna be about fuck my old wife and fuck my kids, except for my <laughs> except for my. Uh, my little, my little son here, and uh, we never got around to doing that because that show got canceled. Yeah, yeah. That show, actually, that show was supposed to happen like today, like seven years ago. I just, yeah. It just popped up in my uh, Facebook memories, I think, like this morning, actually. Wow, that's weird. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, you know, it would be fun to write a, a bunch of songs about, you know, fuck, this, this song's about my ex-wife, fuck her. This song's about my kids, fuck those kids. I would like to see that more than I'd like to see some guy crying about, you know, how much he loves his beautiful children. Who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Um, so usually before we kick off the episode uh, proper, we'll, we'll you know, take a moment to address any any sort of significant uh, points of order that need to be brought up. Um, Ian, I guess I'll, I'll bring this to you first since you're out you're out west. We are uh, we're in buttfuck, you know, middle of nowhere. Midwest, what's uh is what's the tea on the uh in the northwest? Well, I guess no, you're in LA. Now, I'm in so LA now. Yeah. So, so what's, gonna... the, what's the tea on the West Coast right now? Anything, anything, anything popping out there? Uh, I mean, at large, I'm, I there's I guess there's a lot popping, but I mean, right now nothing is popping because everything's halted. Well, I I more mean just like in your personal in your personal sphere, what's going on? Any anything worth mentioning? Uh, you can you can take this time to plug oh plug product the plug pro- section. I see it, what you're saying. It's either the plug section or the just like you had uh you had a significant thought that you feel deserves to be spewed out into the ether. You know what I mean? Any anything you choose to address at this point. This is just like I said, our our sort of points of order period. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't have significant thoughts, but. Uh... I d- I'm, I mean, just been doing the same shit since all this went down. I, I just recorded a demo, and I'm about to record the next RJC LP starting Monday. Word. And uh, I'm I'm like pretty good at quarantining, but bad because I'm making records with people occasionally. Right. But you know, me recording with one other person isn't the isn't the same thing that uh, is like having a party of like ten people or something. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's it's. Uh, I don't know. It's just boring right now, man. I'm fucking losing my motivation, just doing nothing. Yeah, yeah I feel, I feel that. that. I've, I've I, tr- I week week two of the quarantine, I walked 45 miles, and now I I had I just walked two miles to go get coffee, and I was like, 
I I could I was like I'm just gonna turn around and go home. I, I don't even I don't like walking anymore. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, 45 miles in a week is though I was putting those kind of miles up when maybe when I was in like high school or just out of high school. But it's it's been quite a few years since I've done a, a 45 mile week. I gotta say. See, I my my what I thought for a second, I was like, I'll try and do a hundred next week because so my practice space is like seven miles away from my house so mm-hmm. if i walk to the practice space and back every day i could i could knock like around 100 miles in a week i think or something like that yeah. it's like and so i was like yeah i'll do that and then i decided why the fuck would i do that <laughs> that makes no sense yeah not uh, really. and i think using airpods is slowly damaging my hearing so like i kind of have this general earache in my right ear right now and i'm like i'm just Everything's getting worse, uh, which is not usually actually how I feel, but right, whatever. Yeah. Um, I feel like I was fairly motivated at, from, from jump when this whole thing started. I was like, cool, you know, like I value my solitude. Uh, I can typically be pretty productive. I have all of the tools I need to be creative at home. And I have gotten a handful of things done, but I have noticed in the last week that my motivation has, uh, has halted a bit. It's, it's come to sort of a sputtering halt and instead... I've just been playing Spider-Man for PS4 for like 12, 14 hours at a time. So yeah, I, I'm a, I play Fortnite, but my, my big thing was like when it first started was I was going to practice space every day and I was kind of working on a new band just as a palate cleanser because I've been working on so much RJC stuff for a minute. Right. Yeah. That I was, so I recorded, so I like recorded five songs, vocals and everything. And then I went to a studio and I actually engineered, like had it recorded in a studio and I was like, now I'm like, oh, well, I guess I could take a week off. And now that I kind of did that, I'm really fucking cooked. And I just, it's never coming back probably. Yeah, for sure. I told you the other day I had to sleep for basically 20 hours to to reset my sleep schedule. And it was uh, one of the more unpleasant experiences that I've had in the last year of my life as an adult, for sure. See, I don't, I don't catch up on sleep ever, really. So like last night I went to bed at like 5.30 a.m. and I just was up at 10 and I feel rested and I feel fine, but... Uh, I don't ever have that moment of like extreme, like I I can't even sleep 12 hours ever. My brain's too restless. I'm I honestly like I'm a, a little bit jealous of that. Typically I'm pretty good uh, and I can get by on five hours of sleep a night. No problem. And like I have an internal clock that'll wake me up usually around like between nine and 10 if I'm lucky. Uh, but yeah, like I just my shit was so backwards that I literally just had to force myself to stay in bed for a day. Um, because I couldn't be going to sleep at 5 p.m. So I just had to I had to turn everything around. Yeah, fuck that. That's crazy. Uh, Nate, you got any points of order before we jump into the queue this week? No, man. I uh, I don't. I um, I just try not to. I, I I'm done. I'm done with uh, reading about how you know the news and how bad things are, or how bad they might be, because no one fucking knows anyway. Right. And uh, I just uh, sit back and bide my time. Okay. Um, I could fall asleep right now if I lay down. I'm wide awake, but I could definitely fall asleep right now if I were to lay down. Um, and I just bide my time and await the outcome. Um, See, I've been yeah. with that since the start. I really didn't do almost any reading at any... I've done, you know, like little bits uh, here and there, but I'm like, it, everything is just speculating at all times. And so anyone that's like selling you the solution or the uh, telling you they know what's up is is wrong or or has something invested in what they're saying well the 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 one thing that i am kind of stoked on that i think is really funny is um 
the miracle cures of zinc as uh, preached by such uh, experts as Alex Jones. Oh, nice. DJT. And uh, also uh, hydroxychloroquine, um, which I'd never heard of because I don't have lupus and I've never been to a malaria-stricken country. But apparently it's being touted as some, by some folks as like a miracle cure, but it has all these horrendous side effects of uh, cardiac failure. <laughs> apparently it's a real tight wire act like to dose this shit direct, uh, correctly. And the, uh, I, I guess the, uh, the chaos in me is just waiting until people start dosing this shit in fucking volume. Um, I say, go for it. Fuck it. Who cares? Right. <laughs> yeah, um, if, if you're dumb enough to like, listen to Alex Jones and fucking dose it, man, if you're dumb, dumb enough to listen to any fucking like radio talking head or anybody on TV to take some fucking medication, put it in your body, see what happens. Who gives a shit? <laughs> well, and also if you're that scared of, uh, I mean, for the most part, most of us would just get it and pass like it'd be fine for us, yeah. you know? And yeah. so if you're that scared of something that you could just get rid of, then like, uh, then just do what you do what you want. Well, my favorite thing is like people are now, I think people are, it, it, of course it's become like this, this like tribal political thing with people. And, uh, it's almost like, it's almost like I see a certain, a certain group of folks on uh, I, maybe they're not real people but a, a certain group of folks on the internet that are almost like threatening to take it just out of indignation um, to try to prove somebody right and somebody wrong right and uh, well, that's the ahead. whole the whole political standoff it seems yeah. I mean I, I saw I saw a guy that I know who's like ultra ultra liberal and, and he he tweeted like oh back in February I got really sick and like this this thing he like described the story where, where him and a bunch of people he knew got really sick and had a cough etc in february and then his next tweet was actually i saw that this is a cons- a, uh, a conservative conspiracy so i no longer believe this <laughs> he literally said that <laughs> like literally he was like this is in line like just thinking about this is in line with a, con- a conservative way of thinking so i i can't believe it <laughs> I I just love how fucking broken people's brains are. And I have to imagine that like, you know, sometimes we think about how stupid people must have been in like uh the Middle Ages, right? Um when you just had like mud sucking serfs that, you know, were illiterate their entire life and lived to the ripe old age if they were lucky at forty five. Um, and how stupid they must have been. Like they had a general wisdom on how to go about their day and persevere, but in the end they were really dumb. But now it's just so fucking amplified. And I love, I love how like essentially the collective societal brain, its broken state is on full view. Um, yeah, I, I mean, think people literally really just want to display funny. how broken they are constantly. Yeah. There's, there's people burning down cell phone towers because they think 5G networks are spreading the coronavirus <laughs> as if that makes any sense at all. Um, that... Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's possible uh, in a video game, um, but that's not a real thing. Uh, electromagnetic like, radiation and uh, viruses are not even kind of sort of the same. It's like right. thinking an opening an email is going to give you SARS. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if <Right>. only. <laughs> um, so, Digital terrorism. You know that that kind of this before we before we transition into the uh, into the music part of the 
the episode, which is ostensibly why people listen. Um, I gotta say, like this, this provides a perfect door for me to walk through and, and present this this take that I've sort of been sitting on because I have vowed to no longer spew hot takes under the internet because it's such a waste of time. I mean, like it's I mean it's a self indulgent thing to do in the first place, which is fine. Like there's nothing wrong with that in and of itself. We're doing a podcast that's uh, an exercise exercise in self indulgence, if ever there was one. But like. You know, there's just so the the diminishing returns on spewing a hot take onto Twitter are such that the quality of my life need not be affected by a bunch of weirdos in in cyberspace weighing in on what I have to say. So, unfortunately, listeners of the podcast get the backlash from that because I just save them all for this. But like, obviously, the uh, the rise in popularity of communism and the rhetoric surrounding communism among young people um, and left leaning people in the last probably five years um, has been markedly more pronounced than at any other time throughout my course of uh, involvement with subculture at large. And I got to say, it requires a faith in like working class people and poor people that I am not, I have not led a privileged enough life to delude myself into having because I grew up working class and I remain working class and like surrounded by poor people. And like, I think this particular crisis that we are going through right now so beautifully illustrates what actually would happen if we just relied upon like working people and the dissemination of correct information among working people to somehow create this utopian situation in which everyone cooperates and works together like the fact that in the face of this like observing everybody's behavior in this situation can still believe that we as a nation or even as a species have the ability to cooperate in mass is like fucking mind-blowing well people need an enemy that's like one of the whole points of life is right. to have someone you have to have someone that you think that you're crushing at all times right and that's why it's like about like owning the libs or what. I don't even know if that's a fucking thing people say, but, uh, you know, just like, it's all about who's, who's it against. Right. For sure. For sure. And like, well, that- it's for anything though, because as I said before, everything depends on honesty and goodwill and good faith. Right. And, uh, you can expect none of that from people. Uh, so, you know, it doesn't matter. Pick your system. It's all going to fail because, uh, people will inevitably always make the wrong fu- short, the, the short sighted incorrect choice without fail. Right. For sure. So I guess on that note, let's, uh, let's transition into talking about some music. Yeah. Um, so let's, uh, we'll go through the queue real quick and then we'll start rolling some dice. So first up, we have No Question with Internal Bleeding. This is a Madison, Wisconsin band. Uh, Some of these are submitted because we had a few in the email this week, a couple of returns from last week that we didn't get around to. And then I went to the Facebook group thread and uh, checked out some of the submissions on there. So we have a few submissions from the Facebook group. Uh, This is one of those, I think. So yeah, it's No Question with the record Internal Bleeding. Don't know anything about this other than the fact that To Live a Lie put it out. So shout out to, uh, you know, Will and To Live a Lie. Label mates. Yep. Uh, then, we have, uh, then we have got On Hooks with their Take a Walk EP. This is a band from Slidell, Louisiana, which is not a place that you typically hear music coming out, out of, um, at least not music in our world. I've actually been to Slidell, Louisiana because my mom is from the South. Um, I don't know anything about this. It's got uh, a range of tags on there, death metal, metal, metalcore, hardcore, sludge. Um, And we commented before the episode even began that the art on this is particularly bad. So we'll see if the music reflects that. 
Then we have got Yambag, which is a return from the uh, from the queue last week with Posthumous Pounce. This is a band on Convulse Records out of Denver, Colorado. Convulse has put out a lot of really cool stuff. Um, one of my favorite LPs from last year is the Goon LP, Natural Evil, that they put out. Uh, and I think the homies from Convulse set this over. Then we have got uh, another Denver band. We've commented many times on the show that the Denver scene is is popping right now. There are a lot of good bands coming out of there. This was sent in uh, by a, a alumni of the uh, Denver scene. The band is Asbestos. This is their demo. Uh, just came out like I don't know a week ago. Then we have got Deprive with Nirvana. This is a band from L.A. Ian, you said you got homies in this band, yeah? I do have homies in this band. And it was uh, engineered and mixed by Taylor Young, most famously of Twitching Tongues, but of many other bands, obviously. I'd say most famously of, of Nails. You, th- you think so? Well, maybe he's not as known for it as much as, as he is known for Twitching Tongues, but... I like Nail- Nails better, so that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, definitely, I definitely like Nails better, for sure. Uh, and Nails is, I would say, largely the more popular band. But yeah, I think, I think the Young Brothers are uh, largely identified by their involvement with, uh, with Twitching Tones, but I could be entirely wrong. Um, then we have got 200 Stab Wounds with Piles of Festering Decomposition. This has been popping up in my feed for like the last week um, or you know, since it came out. I think it came out a few days ago. Um, this is a new band on the Maggot Stomp roster. Maggot Stomp has been putting out a lot of what, what, uh, I guess you could be described as sort of just sort of caveman, slammy, raw death metal stuff. Um, and this has come pretty highly recommended to me by a few friends. So, um, just, just by the look of it, I could see this being very much in my wheelhouse. Then we have got Night Freak with Blade of the Knife. This is a Chicago punk rock band. Uh, I think this was submitted on the thread via Facebook. I don't really know anything about this. Then we have got Spring Tide with Angles. This is a New Bedford Mass band. Um, this is all the music is by Trevor Vaughn. Uh, Trevor in, has been in a million bands that you love. Um, you, uh, Ian, you did a split with one of his bands. Yeah, yeah. Trevor, Trevor does Wound Man. He's the yep. homie. I'm actually about to record a Wound Man cover uh, next week or two for for a comp. <laughs> Sick. Uh, and yeah, and if you if you want any sort of proof of Trevor's bona fides, look up the dude's Discogs page. You will find he has been in a million bands that you Got love. X Files, X Rival Mob. Yep. Um, and uh, I've not heard. I, yeah, well, yeah, that's two. Those are my two favorites besides Wound Man. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Rival Mob is is uh, in my opinion one of the best best to ever do it period um so this just came out in march i have not listened to this yet but i'm excited to check it out if we land on it then we have got despair wolf with nyx this is a new york band that was described to me as uh being in the sort of uh, the black metal crust world um with a name like despair wolf and the font that i'm seeing on the album art that certainly tracks what else would you expect right with a name like fucking despair wolf right (laughs) Um, that, and that's, that is a genre and an approach that can think can go one of two ways for me, right? It can, it can either be, it can either land right in the sweet spot and I can really like it, or it can fall into an area where 90% of the stuff does. And I am totally ambivalent to it. We'll, we'll see what this does for me. The singer's um, wearing shorts in their photo. So you've, not... you've, you've got a, you've got a, 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 a lot of hatred for bands that wear shorts. They're all wearing shorts. Shorts is not stage attire. Shorts never look cool. <laughs> That's just a fact. So don't fucking wear shorts on stage. Do you, I feel like there are definitely some exceptions to that rule. I mean, I think Henry Rollins. Yeah, if you play. Great. In, okay, that's a different thing. He's got a whole vibe. If you have no shirt on, shorts 
become acceptable. Also, the shorts have to be above the knee. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you wear shorts below the knee, you're just a pervert. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. You're a, you're a juggalo type. I want nothing to do with you. Get you and your fucking jinkos out of here. Yeah, for real. <laughs> um, and then last up, we have got Real Trouble with their Proving Ground demo. This has got members of, I think, Anthropophagus in it. Um, yeah, yeah, okay, Shane from Anthropophagus. Um, he does guitars and vocals in this band. Uh, I think it's just on YouTube right now. It's on Turn On The Tube, which is a YouTube station that we've plugged in the back in the past. Um, typically, most of the stuff that they upload is shit that's in my lane, so I imagine I like th- I'll like this if we land on it. Shane mixed and uh, mastered and recorded it as well. He does really good work. So uh, yeah, I kind of hope we get on this because I like most, most shit that Shane has done. So on that note, uh, Nate, you want to roll the dice to see what's up first? Sure thing. Uh, what do you have... Do you- what how are they numbered um i i just got them i got them in a in in uh succession in front of me i got them in a oh, list okay, okay i got you, got I'll, you. Just, I'll just pick them so uh eight is springtide the band camp is springtidenb.bandcamp.com the Let's record go. is angles i believe it's a seven inch um is this i don't know if this is on a physical release yet or if it's just digital i know he did it i think he did a 10 inch okay I'm not positive, but I would go to the MA Glory uh, web store to find out because that's where Trevor puts up all of his shit. Okay, word. Um, Ian, have you heard this stuff yet? I've yet to hear it. It's actually funny. I was uh, The new band I did, I think, is in a kind of similar lane to this stuff. So uh, Trevor and I were sharing stuff back and forth, and he sent me this before it came out, and I had yet to have the chance to listen to it. So I'm okay, excited word. to check it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess let's just listen to the first track on this. Um, as we have posited many times before, ideally when you're coming out with a seven inch worth of material, uh, leading with your best track is a, is a wise decision. So we'll assume that Trevor had the wherewithal and the uh, forethought to do this. So let's listen to Five of Seven by Spring Tide off of their release Angles. All righty. <laughs>
right, we just heard the song Five of Seven by Springtide off of their release Angles. Um, Ian, since uh, since Trevor is your homie, I'll, I'll let you take the reins on this one and go first if you want to. Yeah. Uh, so I knew that this was like vaguely Revolution Summer type stuff. I enjoyed it. My first thought when I was looking at the runtime, I was like, maybe this song is going to be a little too long. But then when the bridge hit, I thought it was pleasant. Uh, back and forth vocals don't do as much for me. Honestly, I kind of wish that Trevor sang for the band. I would love right. to hear Trevor do the, I love one man bands, uh, for sure. And, and he's, he's very good at it. Not that I dislike the, the vocalist, but I'm also like, well, I really liked when Trevor was doing his backup shit. So, right. uh, bridge was great. Uh, it's kind of stuck in my head now. I can remember the riffs. It's pretty good. Nate, Nate, uh, how'd you feel about this? I can, I feel like I can kind of guess, but sometimes you throw me for a loop on this stuff. So this was really threading the needle for me. Um, right. yeah, definitely revolution summer, uh, reminiscent of like hot water music too, especially with the back and f- with, with, the, with the vocals. Right. Um, and some of the chunkiness to the song, you know, um, I think that I would like this more if I had personal knowledge of people in the band or had seen the band live some mm. some sort of experience to associate it with right. this is not a sound that typically um you will find in my turntable at any given moment um i like a lot of stuff that this is pulling from but i don't really track down bands that sound like this anymore right um and i, I like i said i need i need some sort of like connection other than just hearing it once on you know band camp or something like that i need some sort of connection to tie it into me you know what i mean a yeah. fucking road trip a, a show or something like that and then it starts to make a bit more sense to me yeah that makes sense for sure my thing with the style is always just a, i always want just a little bit more melody is, is yeah. always like if i just like a little bit more chorus melody something you know yeah, it depends on me. Uh, like again, this is something that for me as well threads a very uh, a very thin line. Um, typically, stuff that I like that is in this vein that I still actively listen to now, like Nate said, is shit that I have a strong emotional connection to. It's very time and place for me. It's something that evokes very specific memories um, and sensations for me. I also don't seek out a lot of new stuff that sounds like this. There are a, a handful of exceptions. I mean, this is not a world away from like Fiddlehead. Um, I think this is, that's the most recent band that's doing shit in this lane that has, uh, you know, garnered a degree of actual popularity and attention. Um, the vocals were a little bit off putting for me to be quite frank. I didn't love the vocals on this. Um, but I did like the, I back and forth vocals as a, as a concept, um, are not necessarily hyper appealing to me, but when I heard Trevor's voice peeking through there, I enjoyed that more than I actually liked the main vocalist for this. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I might be with Ian on this in the sense that I could have uh, I could have potentially enjoyed this a little bit more if I had just heard Trevor singing on it. Um, there's some revolution vibes, revolution summer vibes. Nate, as you pointed out, the vocal delivery definitely evokes something like hot water music. Um, there are notes of that '90s sort of broad sweeping. You know, you just want to use the term post hardcore. Everything from Sam I Am to hot water music. Yeah. Um, and as we've said on many episodes, you know, for that kind of stuff to catch either of us now, it definitely has to be done just right. Um, I, I hearken back to that band Victory Garden that we listened to a while back from Long Island, doing stuff that is a little bit more melodic than this, a little bit more straight ahead melodic, but uh, still not a world away. And, uh, you know, that's one of very few contemporary sort of standout bands in this lane that I 
actually recall enjoying like really enjoying but i didn't hate this stuff i wouldn't turn i wouldn't ask somebody to turn it off if it came on certainly um if i saw them live and they would really and they were really good i'd probably pick up a seven inch you know what i mean but Mm -hmm. uh I don't know necessarily that I would go back and revisit this, as you said, without some sort of pre-existing connection to the to the songs. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely a fence sitter for me, and um, there's plenty of stuff I listen to that I like that's like this. Most of it is old, because uh, I'm old. Um, but uh, you know, it definitely fits right in there. It's got the aesthetic down, the logo, the name, all that sort of stuff. Right. I honestly didn't know what to expect coming into it, um, just knowing. I don't know Trevor, but his output and other things. So I was actually a little taken aback by it overall. But like I said, uh, not bad fence sitter. I think that I would like this if I saw them live or had some sort of uh, actual experience that I could tie it down to. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, so yeah, you know, shout out to Springtide. Uh, Trevor is obviously a consummate musician. The dude knows what he's doing. Um, and musically, this was really good. I think, like I said, if the vocals were different, it probably would have stuck out to me a little bit more. But as it stands, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure a lot of kids will fuck with this. So, um, on that note, let's uh, let's roll the dice. See what's up next. All right, five. All right, let's see what five is. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, five is Deprive. The band camp is D- Wow, hitting all the fucking homies. I know, we are. We're putting, in, putting you in a delicate position. <laughs> uh, the band, we've, we've actually, we've had some homies submit stuff on here before that I've just like sort of let sit in the, sit in the queue. Uh, just like, or like sit in the email. Cause I'm like apprehensive to listen to it. Cause I, I know I won't like it. Um, but, uh, yeah. So deprive the band camp is D P R I V E dot bandcamp.com. The record is Nirvana. This just came out in Feb- on February 21st of this year. It's a two song release. Um, not sure if this has a physical release or not. Ian, are you, you know, if this came out, I don't think this one had, I don't think this one had a physical. Okay. All right, cool. So let's, uh, I guess let's just listen to the title track off of this Nirvana. So we're gonna hear Nirvana by three Deprive. minutes, fifteen seconds. Let's go. Yeah, I, I've I have I know nothing about this band, but that runtime is making me apprehensive. So let's uh, listen to Nirvana by Deprive.
All right, we just heard the song Nirvana by Deprive off of their two-song release, Nirvana. Uh, Ian, if you want to, if you want to kick this one off again, you're more than welcome to. Since I'll kick it off. I'll right, kick it off. So, so a little background. I believe that the, this is um, these might have been, or th- this band grows out of the band Harness. Okay. Uh, I don't know. It, that was a ways away now when that when Harness was was really popping, but. Uh, this same style of, of heaviness. Uh, I really like the intro. Actually, the, the there's kind of yeah. a, there's kind of a noise intro, and and you know you might think that it could be boring just listening to guitars feedback, but I felt like it it perfectly escalated. Even though it was like almost right. a minute of just feedback, it really I really tonally, which is something Taylor is very good at, is recording guitars. Yeah. Um, and so like the feedback the tones were all awesome. And like the tone right before that, when they kick it on right before the actual, the song hits, I was like, Oh shit, it's about to go down because the, like this, the screechiest feedback has come in now. Uh, I really like that part. Um, my really only critique is it kind of took too long to do the breakdown. It like, it went into the verse again, like the, the same part from the beginning before yeah. it did like a guitar, guitar solo ish, like noisy solo towards the end. Uh, I would have, and which is funny because I'm I'm the type of dude that writes a song that does the breakdown not enough times. Uh, but I honestly I was kind of looking for that pay payoff a little sooner. Yeah, I feel that it. Uh, I mean, we are huge advocates on this show of abridging abridging your fucking songs at all possible opportunities. There are very fucking. There is a very rare instance in which I need three plus minutes from any band, let alone like a hardcore band. Um, there are certainly plenty of exceptions to that, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you on, uh, trimming the fat for sure. Yeah. I think if it was 15 to 20 seconds shorter, I would, I would keep that entire intro. I think that, that intro, um, is great. I really, really enjoyed that, which is not something I would say about most people, like for the lack of a better word, like wasting time on a record. Like it's not the music. So oftentimes you don't want to hear it, but that, that I enjoyed for some reason, it really piqued my interest today. Yeah, for sure. Um, Nate, how do you feel about this? Yeah, I I um I agree with Ian. I really like the noise intro. Mm-hmm. I could have listened to that all fucking day. Um, before we were playing D and D last night, I was just getting caught up on a couple emails and stuff from work and finishing up some stuff. And I think for maybe I don't know. I I, I think I listened to Brighter Death Now for like two and a half hours. That's all I listened to. Right. Because um, I just wanted to hear something awful in my ears. Yeah. And. Um, yeah, I really like that part. And I like the noisiness of the, the recording and the song altogether. Like right. the guitar sounded really good, but there was a a bunch of just like staticky fucking guitar feedback and noise throughout it that I really liked. Um this sort of hardcore, you know me. Um yeah. yes or no. Um I wasn't sure what I was gonna get. The longer it went on, I think I, I think I like this song. Um but um I think I what I liked most about the song was just the just how big and full the guitar sounded and how noisy everything was and the breakdown was pretty good too. But honestly, I could have listened to that first minute for like, you know, an 8-hour shift at work. <laughs> right. Um I I don't have the uh I guess the mental wherewithal to have endured that for 8 hours, but I am in concurrence with both of you guys. It's in the all sense. about escalation. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it like it, it it built. Like there's there's an arc to that section of the song, and that's what makes it. So to anybody listening to this that might think like, oh shit, like 
feedback's cool. I'm going to do some feedback for a minute. Nah, that is most likely going to suck. But you got to, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to be writing a song within that feedback. Yep. For sure. And yeah. that's what makes a good yeah. noise record. And that's what makes like, like harshness good is that it, it has to escalate. It has to develop. It can't yeah. just be, well, I mean, a good example is weekend nachos did that song worthless on their yep. LP worthless. And that song sucks. Yep. For sure. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it literally is just non-dynamic guitar feedback. There's, right. there's nothing like, and I love weekend nachos. I, yeah, play, I, in, love, I, I play in I a jock power violence band. I know. Uh, and, uh, but that, that song I'd skip every time. Whereas this, I I wouldn't skip the, if that was its isolated own track, not going to skip it. Yeah. I love noise that has that, that, that like dynamism to it, where it, it, it escalates, maybe it drops off and then it picks back up, but there's always this menace that it's going to come over you. And, uh, when it finally does, and you find like a pattern or a rhythm in it that may or may not exist anywhere else except your head. And you find yourself like nodding your head to some fucking rhythm that you picked out in the noise. Um, that's when I'm into it. Rhythmic is definitely what I enjoy, which I think maybe makes things border on industrial, but I, I, I don't know. It, you should have rhythm. There should be a backbone to whatever it is you're making. Right. Yeah. Right. For sure. Um, so yeah, uh, like I said, in concurrence about the, uh, the intro, you know, the rest of the song, I could take or leave. Um, I essentially agree with the both of y'all's opinion on the production in and of itself. Taylor does record, record guitars very well, and the noisiness of the production of this in general um, did a lot for it. Uh, if this were very cleanly produced, I, I would have thrown this straight in the trash. But the fact that this managed to sound raw in a genre that typically uh, veers towards a little bit tighter production did did a lot of the, the legwork in terms of making this stand out from its contemporaries. Um, I thought the vocals were, they left a little bit to be desired. We already covered, this could have been abridged. You could have, you could have skipped the, the, the second verse and gone straight into that breakdown. The breakdown was nasty. It was fun. I think this is a band that could, if, as long as they, as long as they maintain a high energy live and they play the music with the same sort of raw unfiltered approach live, I could see this being a fun live band for sure, but a lot Harness of stuff. Harness was a very good live band, and I, and I believe it's most of the same uh, musicians on the instruments. Uh, plus okay, Anthony from God's Hate, and uh, who's great on Twitter. If if anybody ever pays attention to him, uh, I have I don't think I follow him on on Twitter. No, he did that video where um, he he posed as a white person and like goes around and like things in his kitchen. I don't know. He, he, it was a big, big one, but it's funny, funny I, guy. I don't, I don't know if I've seen that, but I will, I will look it up. Um, but yeah, you know, like, like I said, I was, uh, a, a lot of music that has a, a jump the fuck up undercurrent to it. Um, it's really got to hit a sweet spot to catch me. And this definitely had that, but, um, I will say I wasn't, I wasn't off put by it at all. I don't know. I don't know necessarily that I would revisit it, but I would at least give, uh, the second, the second track on this, a chance to win me over. I, I don't hate this at all for what it is. It was very well executed. And, uh, like I said, um, if, if this, if this went off live, uh, I'm sure it would be a super good time. So, and yeah. this is also their first release too. I was trying to find if there's a demo or anything, but th- this is basically their demo. So oh, okay, it's, it's right a good on. start. It's a good start. Yeah. No, yeah, this is a yeah. for for a first effort. This is definitely a strong first effort for sure. Um, so on that note, let's uh, let's roll the dice. See what's up next. Got okay. nothing bad to say about the pride, really. Six. Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, six is Night Freak with the release Blade of the Knife. 
The Bandcamp is wfbr.bandcamp.com. Uh, I think Blade of the Knife is like the third record on there. That's the uh, the label, What's for Breakfast Records. Yeah. Um, that put this out. Three and a half minute song. Yeah. There yeah, is a- and then 250 and then 141. Yeah, and it's and that sucks because typically I like to listen to the self-titled track on a release. You know mm. what I mean? Um, but uh, I don't know if I I don't know if I want to listen to three and a half minutes. I think we got to go to the fir- I think you got to do the first track, especially if it's a single. So this is the A side. You can't skip the A side. Yeah, yeah, yeah you got to go with the A side, and it's it's the self it's the title of the, of the seven inch. Yeah, you're not I wrong. Think we gotta we gotta bite the bullet now, Ian. Ian, uh, before we came on, called it and well, maybe he didn't call it, but he said, oh, Nightbirds um, looks like it. And it looks like that's what they want to look like anyway. Well, yeah, I mean, this, um, yeah, I'm curious to hear the music because the, the organically placed name, the gear set up is, it is very much the vibe of, of Nightbirds records. mm -hmm. So yeah, Yeah, I'm curious uh, to see if this is, we, I want to note there's a flying V in this uh, artwork. So also sure looks is. like that Coke Bust Live uh, seven inch cover. Oh yeah, well. it kind of does. Yeah, um, yeah. There there is a flying V in this. I will also note too the 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 gear of choice here. We got a Vox, and then we got what looks like a twin reverb, mm-hmm. and we got um, we got a pedal board. So I, you know, I could definitely see some cleaner tones with some some reverb and delay on it, a la Nightbirds. If so, I won't be mad because I fucking love Nightbirds. So uh, all right, cool. Let's listen to Blade of the Knife by Night Freak off of their seven inch of the same name. Talk to you guys in three and a half minutes. Oh shit, did he give the cue already? Bridges that lead to the path It's a soul Desire Stand up tall in a wall 
right, we just heard the song Blade of the Knife by the band Night Freak off of their 7-inch Blade of the Knife. Um, Nate, you want to kick this one off? Uh, that sucked. Um, <laughs> that was fucking bar punk. Um, and fuck that. Uh, there was no fucking reason for that to be three and a half minutes long. Bandcamp actually crashed about a minute and 40 seconds into me, and then I couldn't get it to restart the song. It just kind of chugged away. Yeah. Um, but uh, it didn't matter because I didn't need to hear um, the other half of the song because it was exactly <laughs> the same as the first half. Yeah. Um, th- that I, I, I don't like that stuff. And we were totally off base with the Nightbirds. Uh, I was really disappointed as soon as I heard it start. And then I started looking closer at the at the Bandcamp page, and it says Motorhead loving punk and roll from Chicago. I saw and, that pretty pretty quick there. <laughs> yeah, and all I need to see is punk and roll, and I'm fucking checking out. Right. Um, this is so. You remember when we Gray when we played? Maybe it was the first time we played the rail, or the second time. And uh, so one of my least favorite things is bar shows, and one of my least favorite things, if I don't like, if there's one thing I, I dislike more than bar shows, it's the people at the bar show. Sure. Um, to the point that like if we happen to play a bar which we don't really get invited to do anymore um, <laughs> for I, good reason I actively try to antagonize and um, like and really really stir shit up right um, and I remember I remember maybe the first or second time we played a bar here in town um, I got off the stage because like that's fucking boring and everybody's like standing like you know eight feet away from the stage hoisting their like 24 ounce jar of piss and you know and like nodding their head and um began antagonizing the crowd and i remember a dude came up to me and was like drinking a big old can of like fosters or something and he's like banging his head and put it right in my face and i grabbed it out of his i grabbed it out of his hand and smashed it off his face (laughs) and um that's that's what i was thinking about when this song was playing um, was it, enacting violence against bar patrons? No, all I could picture was that clown's fucking f- head, like inches away from me, while he's like putting his beer in my face, and then okay, me well, grabbing yeah, his yeah. beer, smashing the can off his face, and like him tumbling to the ground uh, away from the bar. And I just turned around and we kept playing because that's the rule: no matter what, keep playing. Right. And um, this sounds just like one of those fucking bands that we would have gotten invited to play with at a bar in town, and I would have stood outside the entire fucking time. Yeah, I think that's pretty apt. Uh, Ian, how'd you feel about this? So I made a I made a rule for myself going into this that I would not, sh- I won't shit on it. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, what I will say is, like speaking, just just trying to musically about it. They the one thing that I think that it did least successfully for me was land the chorus. I think they actually had an okay chorus, but the problem was that there was just as many words in the verses. So mm-hmm. when they mm-hmm. so the chorus doesn't land because it just sounds like a continuation of the verse because there's no dynamic shift between the two. So right. for me, like that chorus by the end, I'm like, okay, like this is this is an okay chorus. My first instinct was I didn't like it, but then I was like, this is an okay chorus. But the problem is that the verses are stepping on the choruses. I think that ultimately way too long, definitely no di- no like development. I really didn't like the cute intro, the, oh, did they hit the cute thing? Like the recording is recording. Like if, say, if they're going to do that shit, put it on the very end of a record. Don't, don't do it at the very top. It's not cute. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know. This it was a street punk uh, guitar riff. The between the verses and the uh, between the chorus and the verses, like the main riff, I guess you'd call it. Uh, didn't really do much for me. Definitely too long. 
that's just yeah. kind of my ultimate takeaway and just like land a chorus i don't know like if you have a verse there are rules to this shit right it's yeah. kind of the way that that i think about it and so like like just think about dynamics at all possible chances for anybody writing music listening just like all right do i have a lot of words in the in the verse okay i should not have a lot of words in the chorus because then you have a shift between the two parts that lands yeah them. yeah it made the song almost just like exhausting um and just yeah it, it was it was very um monotypic throughout just because of that there was no break in it it was just constant and it was it felt really boring yeah, yeah. like if you're doing the same if you have this if you have a top layer which is always going to be your vocals your vocals are always going to be the thing that people actually pay attention to and the riffs are just changing beneath it but the vocals are pretty much staying the same for the average listener it's just the same thing the whole time yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, we've pointed out on this show many times that I think people confuse the, I think c- confuse the deceptive simplicity of punk and hardcore as an excuse to just like totally eschew taking an actual songwriter's approach to creating it. And uh, man, there could not be a more incorrect approach to making punk music than just <laughs> saying, yeah, man, it's it's just punk. I mean, if you're approaching things with that attitude, then like, yo, that's fine if you're just a hobbyist, but then stay in your fucking basement. Don't fucking record shit and put it out for the public to consume because there's no point in it. Um, now that said, I think that these these fools were probably trying their best to compose a song that they felt was good. And I've certainly heard worse. Um, but yeah, if I, you know, if I even see the term punk and roll, I usually know what I'm getting in for. And, uh, this did not stray from that path whatsoever. They were giving me a sort of phoned in new wave of, of, of heavy metal riff, um, channeled via street punk and i think ian you and i have a similar similar pedigree in terms of both of us originated from like street and 77 punk as opposed to like pop punk or scene music yeah i still love street punk in, in oh, all same. honesty so yeah i was like i was like a studs and leather punk kid when i was you know 12 13 14 years old um so I'd like to think that I have not only a good ear for, for street punk leaning stuff, but also even a higher tolerance for it than most people. Uh, and even at that, this did very little for me. We already commented on the song length before we even listened to it. But after listening, uh, I am doubling down on my belief that this in no way needed to be three and a half minutes long. We already covered the the lack of dynamic shifts here. Um, in general, just a, you know, a pretty amateurish amateurish approach to this i guess shout out for convincing somebody to put this out on a seven inch though um, i was looking at, i just i was just looking through the labels uh roster and i don't know anything on it and there's a record that rips off goo uh, artistically which is uh, always uh, very offensive to me <laughs> yeah yeah i agree with that entirely there are a few things more played out at this juncture in independent music than doing a goo rip off um so yeah you know like i said i could um there are a lot worse things that I've heard, but also I, I've, I have no, I have no time in my life to entertain shit that sounds like this. I'll, I'll never revisit it for any reason. Um, and if somebody that I was friends with turned it off, uh, turned it on, I would probably ask them why the fuck they had chosen of all things they could listen to to listen to this. <laughs> I um, feel like when I listen to this, this must be what like, you know, dudes, people that just listen to like slam and like modern metalcore. Mm-hmm must feel when they hear like classic hardcore 
right. <laughs> like how you feel when you hear this is how a dude who listens to nothing but metalcore f- like feels when they hear like Jerry's kids. Yeah, like when a dude that listens to nothing but something like you know I don't know like like anything that just basically sounds like knock loose right. hears like you know Jerry's kids or or you know even like you know some seventy seven punk. Right. Um, I mean, were we talking a few episodes ago about like you know. Um, the first damned LP, right? Right, sure. Um, like it's a bizarro universe. Like there's tons of fucking people that would consider them, you know, that would, you know, by all punk, whatever the fuck that is, right? Sure. Um, that w- we never encounter because we don't go to bars that probably love this shit. Right. And um, if we were to play something like, I don't know, uh, Gak, right? We've been talking about Convulse Records, right? Mm-hmm. If you were to play them something like Gak, they'd be like, what the fuck is this shit? Right. You know what I mean? It's 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 just two different realms. It's two different realms of fucking punk, and this is one of my least favorite. Um, it's just, it's, it's a safe, like, it's just it's too close to safe dad rock and roll, just dressed up as as like something that's menacing. Yeah, for sure. I agree with that entirely. There's uh, there's nothing about this, not only that is engaging, but nothing about it that's challenging on any level. And I don't, I'm a 30 year old man who's been listening to punk and hardcore for at, at this point, you know, literally almost my whole life because of my parents. And uh, I don't need to be challenged per se. I just want something to be engaging enough to hold my attention. But uh, at the very least, you know, an attempt to be challenging is is nice, whether whether that's sonically or aesthetically or merely in your approach. Um, just anything with even the the slightest edge of menace to it, or uh, is is kind of a a prerequisite for me if you're going to be playing punk rock um, that airs more on the aggressive or fast end of things. And uh, yeah, this had none of that. It was it was about as played out as you can get. Um, so on that note, you know, I don't think we, we we have to shit on this too much more. I don't like I said, there are many many worse things in the world, but uh, but yeah, bar punk shit. There are a few things that are more outside my wheelhouse than that. So there aren't many things worse in the world than that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, let's uh, let's roll the dice. See what's up next. And also, Ian. Uh, so you know, we we typically we'll get like I said, we'll probably get through five bands today's episode. Um, but you know, if we're if we're keeping you too long, just let us know. You 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 don't have to stick around oh, for no, the whole I'm thing. Telling. But you're. Okay, I mean, cool. I'm my life is in quarantine. My literal only goal today is to practice guitar. <laughs> okay, word. Yeah, I just I, I never I never want to to uh, any guests to feel put upon you or uh, you know required to stick around for the entire session. But you are more than welcome to go in on the rest. I'm just of gonna the get increasingly drunk if that's okay with you guys. Okay, yeah. Okay, cool. P- perfect. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I don't drink. But uh, what's uh, what's next, Nate? Three. Okay, three is uh, well. Speaking of Convulse Records, it is Yambag. This was one that was in the queue last week, but we didn't get around to. Um, the Bandcamp is convulserecords.bandcamp.com, and I believe this is the most recent uh, recent release on there, so it should be right up front. The, uh, the name of the record is Posthumous Pounce. Um, looks like it's an LP, sixteen song LP. Uh, so they better have brought it because sixteen it, songs is a, is a lot of songs. It looks like uh, pre pre release too. This is not out yet. Uh, yeah, that looks that looks correct. It looks like it actually comes out on April twentieth, so it's just got the first three songs available for it. So there's a little bit at the bottom there. It says the de- debut LB, Posthumous Pounce, is a good retrospect of our time as a band in Cleveland. Um, huh. So I don't know. Maybe they all picked up and moved out to uh, 
out to wherever. I don't think they're in Colorado, Convulse Records is, wherever the fuck they are. Recorded, yeah. mixed, and mastered by Will Killingsworth, the homie. Yep. Okay. We, uh, we, Wilk. We, Wilk, yep, Wilk Chamberlain or Willie Killy. We have a lot of monikers for him on this show. Um, Will, Will Killingsworth touches just a, like, I feel like it's one in five releases that we get on here. Will has had some hand in, whether it's just, that mastering. seems like a low, low number, honestly. Yeah. yeah I was going to say it's, yeah, I bet you it's 25% at least. Yeah, it could be, it could be for sure. Um, so I think who am I is the single that they led with. So we'll just listen to that. Oh, well that's only, uh, it's only 29, it's 29 seconds. Let's seconds. do that. And dog. Yeah. 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 For okay, sure. Let's yeah, do there's that. There's a video for that one too. I'm not yeah, watching the video. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to watch the video either. But I think if you want to see the video, uh, I think No Echo um, debuted it like the other day. So, so okay, we're going to listen to Who Am I and Dog by Yambag off of Posthumous Pounce. <laughs> listen to the songs who am i and dog by yambag off of their release posthumous pounce and uh i gotta say i i thought that ripped quite quite hard yeah i actually i was a little bit so i like blasts um but i was a little disappointed when they started in with the fast core blast stuff really? um yeah i was because i was i was really into like the first 15 or 20 seconds of that first song see I it's thought, interesting okay. I'm, I'm actually on the opposite wavelength yeah. I, I when the intro like, guitar riff came in, I was like, okay, repos. We're doing repos. And yeah. then uh maybe that's also partially because of I'm placing it with Will, I'm placing it with, you know, Cleveland, pretty close, you know. Mm-hmm. But um and then I felt like oh it went into kind of a, I felt more mid two thousands part mm-hmm. with the, the the drum part with that riff ended up feeling a little bit mid two thousands, but then it picked up into um that blast stuff and, and I thought the blast sounded great and I, I love that guitar tone paired with blast beats personally right. um i didn't like the ending of the two songs with the same vocal trail though personally yeah two songs yeah. in a row you can't do it two songs in a row no. right yeah i feel that <laughs> no and and so the repos i was also thinking like some of the early 2000s like no way shit with that totally. guitar tone oh yeah 100 um, like like direct control 
Um, and I thought, okay, I'm, I'm all about this. And then the blast parts hit and there's still part of me that just isn't quite over like being bl- like bored with fast core. Um, right. there's just part of me isn't, um, I got fucking inundated with that shit for like the last eight years that I ran the house. And, right. um, I mean, most people do it so lazy and terrible that there's no, there's so few bands that are of note within the genre. And I say that as someone who has to play those shows currently, I have to go to those house shows. Right. And, and, and they, they all came through my place and some were good and some were bad. And that's not anything on the fucking people because there were plenty of good people and plenty of shit people too. Um, you know, I'm not naming names, but it's just kind of like, all right, guys, come on. Yeah. Okay. Come on. And and a lot of it became just an excuse to just fucking, um, you know, basically just make noise and pregame at the show, um, right. rather than anything else. And, uh, I don't know, like there's still part of me, there's still part of my brain that just cringes when I hear it. And I would have much rather heard, I would have much rather heard just really fucking jangly, fast rock and roll based hardcore than like some punk and roll. Yes, yeah, some, <laughs> some bar punk, right? I would have much ra- rather heard just like jangly repos or, or or like you know no way records sort of stuff right now than I would have fast fast core stuff. For for me, yeah, I I, I liked the fast core element in the first one more so than in the second one. I felt like the blast with paired with the riff was was less grabby. But the first song I thought just raged. Post like intro guitar riff, loved it. Then mid two thousands part was in love with it, and then it picked up, and I, and then the vocal trail was great. That was that's the song I think the vocal trail belongs on, but uh, second song didn't do as much for me as as the first. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that, and that guitar tone was great. I love. I don't I don't know what that how you would describe it other than it just sounds like a bunch of broken springs to me. Right. Um, yeah. But I I love that guitar tone. Yeah, for sure. And actually, I so I uh, I'm kind of I guess I'm kind of in the middle ground of this in that I I really enjoyed all the elements of this and felt like the juxtaposition between that more traditional fast core approach and uh, that no way records or a sorry state approach um, hit a sweet spot for me that I really enjoyed. I mean, we're getting a lot of stuff, um, you know, in in the last, especially in the last two three years that sounds like it could have been released on sorry stay in 2006 and uh i am very, i'm exceedingly pleased about that and a lot of the stuff that we get on the show that some of our favorite stuff is uh very much in that world i enjoyed this you know i would say that's also kind of the realm that you guys play in as well yeah for yeah. sure yeah for sure um and so like you know it, it's it's no it's no secret what our taste is um that said, I, you know, I think we have some pretty eclectic taste. There is plenty of fast core stuff that I enjoy quite a lot. I'm with Nate in the sense that, you know, I've mentioned it before. We got very, very burnt out on that. We we saw a lot of mints grind bands that uh, very much soured me to blast beats for a while. But I thought this was a really tasteful combination of two worlds that when they're done right uh, can, can, you know, epitomize some of my favorite stuff in punk and hardcore. Um hearing that more jangly guitar tone over top of a blast beat was uh, pretty satisfying to me. Um, obviously we are big promo- proponents of not overstaying your welcome. And with a 29 second and 58 second song, they certainly didn't do that, but it also didn't have the hyper abridged feel of some fast core bands that almost approaches novelty. Um, Did you guys still ever enough- listen to that band, find him and kill him? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, I love finding him and killing him, but it's like one of those things. This reminded me of that in the way of like, this feels like it belongs to an era very much the way that the, like, and, and it says that it's a, it's a, the, the, it's a posthumous release. So I don't know if, if how, what year this was recorded in, but it, it does feel like it kind of belongs to an era other than the one that we're currently in. Yeah, I could see this existing in like the 625 thrash scene, or at least adjacent to that world um, in some respects. Um, there, Like I said, there are a lot of things that are going on here that blend various worlds that don't often see crossover, and I, I thought it did it exceedingly well. Um, I, if this band truly does not exist anymore, that's, uh, that's a bummer because I enjoy this stuff a lot and would definitely, you know, if I got a fucking chance to book these dudes, I would do it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I like this a lot. I can't say much more about it than that. I, th- I thought it was really well done. Another I shout out to, to Convulse. Convulse yeah, is, is one of the most active and, uh, you know, they're, they're putting out quality shit. So They generally do put out really quality shit. I don't think we've had, a, we've had I don't know, maybe five or six Convulse, uh, Convulse acts on here. And um, by and large, they all get at least a B, a C or a B. So, uh, and, and a lot of them get pretty... We like a lot. I like Gak a lot. Goon, obviously. Um, who, who else did we have from Convulse that we really liked? Um, um, I'm trying to think who else is on there right now. Um, let me, Convulse uh, just picked up picked up one of the homies bands. They haven't announced it yet, so I won't blast it. But it's going to be it's a good record. So that you'll hopefully you guys will be reviewing that at some point soon. Oh yeah, they did. Uh, they did that Angel Maker split, which is actually uh, Low Faith and Angel, Angel Maker. That stuff is actually from Indiana. Um, Angel Maker is like really solid, one person post punk stuff. That's that's really solid. Uh, that Blood Loss re- release was yes. cool too. That blood yeah, that Loss Blood Loss. Cool. Really, I, I have that record. Yeah, Youth is yeah. cool. Product Lust is cool. Yeah, and uh, label. Yo, Goon, Goon is the homies. So yeah, and Goon Ooh. is so fucking good, man. Like I said before on the show, that's that's definitely one of my favorite LPs that came out last year. Members actually, of so. uh, of the Cadaver Cadaver Dog. Yep, yep, for sure. And like I, again, that that entire scene is uh, they're all. It's a very incestuous scene with a lot of members playing in a lot of different bands, and by and large, uh, I like pretty much all of them. So. On that note, let's uh, let's roll the dice. Uh, we got time for uh, we got time for at least one more band tonight. Okay. Two. Okay, two is uh, on hooks. We uh, we did we disparaged the art. Oh but, no! But but perhaps the music <laughs> will be will be shockingly good. So it's on hooks.bandcamp.com. The release is the Take a Walk EP. It is a six song release that looks to just be digital only for now. <laughs> Came out March twenty seventh of this year. So these people. So I want to know these people submit this, correct? Um, so it's not always the band that submits it. Sometimes it's friends of a band. Sometimes mm. it's just, you know, fans of the band, whatever. It just, uh, it, it goes, it goes many different ways. We've had a few people submit stuff to like set it up too. What'd you say? I, th- I feel like we've had a few people release, like, like submit stuff to us just to like set it up. You know what I mean? Oh, like, you mean in terms setting of setting like up for failure? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. So we got a two-piece band. All right, what's what? If I, I, I'm okay. The first song is a reference to Goodfellas. I yep. I don't think we're gonna do that one. No, and it's also four minutes long. Yeah, there's yeah. probably a fucking three-minute Goodfellas sample on it. Okay, yeah. I say we go Seeds of Light. It's the shortest. 
so so, so typically typically when we when we get a song that is like uncharacteristically short compared to the rest of the stuff we try to avoid it just in the sense that we no i understand yeah take a shortcut we want to get something that's as representative of their sound as possible 206 Um, seems to be the the best average we got here i that's i i think so too and it's the second track um yeah we we can we can do that let's uh so we're gonna listen to five and a half minute hallway by on hooks off of their take a walk ep We just heard the song Five and a Half Minute Hallway by On Hooks off of their Take a Walk EP. Who would uh who would like to kick it off? Uh, okay, I'll go. <laughs> um, okay. Fuck. So that was I I have to say it, it was really not good. Nope. I, I didn't wa- I really didn't want to say anything outwardly negative such as that, but well, that's my job usually. Um, this is the best fucking death metal band in Slidell, Louisiana. I can tell you that. Um, that was a fucking that was a fruit salad of bullshit. Um, hey guys, just pick something and fucking stick with it and do so, it well. I want to know that one of the biggest offenses they had here was uh, fake blast beat, which which is oh, something yes. maybe your your listeners, maybe not all listeners. If you do quarter notes, if you go pop. On the kick instead of da 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 da, da you're, it's not a blast beat. You're not doing a blast beat. You're doing something else that fucking sucks. Yeah. So this song did that a couple times, which is always heinous to me. Um, other than that, I mean, just like I was trying to piece together before I was going to say anything bad about the, uh, their music or anything. I was trying to figure out how old they were by the 
by the image because i didn't mm-hmm. want to be like to bring some negativity to like if this is 14 year olds i'd be like okay i understand sure mm. yeah definitely. Yep. but they're standing there smoking cigarettes in their pick the one dude has facial hair i would maybe say that they could be late teens early 20s one of the dudes looks really young i really don't want to discourage because maybe maybe they have good taste in in some stuff and they just are trying to figure out how to how push push it together but learn to blast beat correctly and um yeah pick a lane also get a new engineer yeah for yeah, yeah for real because the 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 the, reco- the actual recording was uh, a, a pitfall of this for sure and you know on the, kind of following in the in the spirit of what you just said we always like to add the caveat that like if young people are playing something that we heavily critique um yo that's all good you know what i mean like we're not at all trying to discourage you from doing what you love and in general i mean even if you're fucking old people and we shit on what you're doing God bless. You know what I mean? If you're having a good time with it, God bless you. I, I I hope that you continue to, even if it's not for us. But young people especially, yeah, we don't want to discourage anybody. Um, we, our opinion means uh, our opinion means fuck all. But that said, uh, yeah, this wasn't this wasn't good. It um man, it felt very nineties at moments, but like I don't know, man. It felt like creation, like the worst parts of creation is crucifixion. <laughs> this to me felt just like MySpace, honestly. Like like yes, pre yes. pre Bandcamp days when, because because in those times you would just be like, we recorded a song today. I'm gonna right. put it up on MySpace, you yeah, know. Sure. Um, and this felt very much like that. And I was looking at the credits, and I think they have to be pretty young because like the credits are art and inspiration by Sexy Joey G, you know, <laughs> and then like. Yeah production mixing mixing and mastering by lord ben liberto you know it's just like okay these guys are young and and corny so i really don't want to and and you just learn i mean i want to know i i was told everything i made sucked because it sucked and and it and it instilled the need to be better because i wasn't congratulated for some shit that was whack so that's what i would say to these people you might have good taste if you like good bands figure out how to better rip off those good pants. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I see that Ben Liberto is in the band. At least he wrote some of the music. Yeah. And then this was recorded by Lord Ben Liberto. So yeah, I, he got I'm his proper hat on yeah. for that one. Yeah. He, he put his producing, his producing cap on that. Yeah. I, I don't know. Every, the package is fucking lame. That picture. Come on guys. You, if somebody actually inspired you to take that fucking picture, like, right. Come on, that's a well, fucking dumb. I'm picture. trying to look at it. There's like a, it's like a bird. A it's mock. a male. It's a male luna moth on a window. Yeah, uh, you no. are. A, you're a. You're a biologist, so I, I am a biologist. So I, yeah, it's a male luna moth um, on a window, and they are looking at it with either I can't tell um, passive looks of disdain or concern <laughs> or. Boredom. I think they're gonna crush it. These yeah. guys are are haters. Yeah, they are haters. The fuck that guy's got that that fucking moth has like forty eight hours to find a female and do his thing, and you motherfuckers are standing there getting ready to smash him. <laughs> yeah, shame on you. You should have found f- him someone to fuck. Yeah, instead of real. making this demo. I was gonna say instead yeah. of recording these songs, you could have exactly. you could have helped that Luna moth out. <laughs> or you could have you could have been playing some fucking cornhole instead of playing this demo. Like I'm I gonna see say, it's problematic. This is problematic. Yeah. Yeah, this is a problematic release. Um, yeah. 
I, I also got to say, we've noted before too that like it, already, if you're smoking cigarettes in the year 2020, there's the something, fuck? <laughs> there's something wrong with your fucking brain. But like you know, we we went on, uh, we went in on at length on uh, promo shots on the last episode, so we won't rehash that too much. But you know, I mean, you know, I have strong opinions. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, for real. I mean, even doing even doing promo shots at all is uh is rough. But then the fact that you chose to smoke in the promo shot. Yo, is this, you said cornhole because they have the cornhole thing in the shot, right? Those are some cornhole boys, yeah. Yeah, I didn't notice the cornhole until now. That's, oh, that's, shit. I didn't go to, that go to the promo photo on their band camp and, and check this out. Yeah, there's, there are, <laughs> they're, there they're are smoking boys. next to a cornhole setup. That's yeah. their promo photo. Well, I will say that that nothing could more accurately capture the general vibe of Slidell, Louisiana, than two dudes smoking next to a cornhole board. Um, <laughs> that's that is from my time spent in Slidell, Louisiana. That is exactly the vibe that you get from there. But I would I, I would suggest uh, again as somebody with family from the Deep South, guys, do your best to escape the rains, uh, the cultural rains that have been cast upon you by your isolation in one of the worst parts of the entire country. And I say this from Fort Wayne, Indiana, which is, which is no fucking picnic, my friend, but, uh, don't, don't embrace it. Don't smoke cigarettes and play cornhole, or at the very least, don't put those elements in, in your, in the presentation of your band. Um, try your best to, to supersede and rise above as, as, as Henry Rollins would have, would have us do. Um, this is, this is not, you deserve better, frankly. Um, well, I want you guys to do better. Everybody deserves better. Everybody could do could stand with a little fucking travel and worldliness rather than uh, you know staying wherever the fuck it is they were they happened to be born. Right. right. I'm I'm gonna say it. I think these people will go on to do something. Yeah. I think that if they listen to this, eventually someday one of us will get approached and they'll be in some really good band and they'll be like, you know what? I was on, I listened to that demo. Listen back in the day, I was in this band called called uh what is it in hook, <laughs> on on hooks, on hooks. I, and they're like you know i was in the band you know and that really kicked my ass and i went through a depression where i wrote a really good record and now i'm famous <laughs> so uh and then and then they'll they'll give me five bucks yo i, oh, see, I was pictured then they would like kick you in the dick or something like no that, no but... no because we're the impetus for their success yeah, okay. I know, but we never they never got past it. So they're still they're still brooding and they're just going to fucking Well, we are who they're creating in opposition to now. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That that's that's true. That's something that you uh you and Pat kind of covered on the last episode of your uh of your podcast, the idea of creating an opposition. Um, we to. can we we can now be the targets of their ire. They can they can uh, rise to the next echelon of of creativity because of the motivation that we've just provided them through our shit talk. That's yeah. the best possible scenario. Um, I hope in a year that neither one of these young men are smoking and drinking anymore. <laughs> They're clean and sober. Yeah, yeah and, and both of them have have moved out of Slidell, Louisiana. Never they live to in Brooklyn. Back. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's right. They got really into Kralis. They're starting an arty black metal band. <laughs> they, they definitely do coke now. <laughs> yeah, in, probably. In this future setup that we're talking about, not their current. They could not get cocaine currently. No, 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 no. The closest they're getting is like really bad methamphetamine. Yeah. 
Um, so on that note, we've been, you know, when I, when I actually dropped the songs in here, we, we probably already got like an hour and 40. So like I said, we've been covering like five bands on recent episodes. We've done, been, I guess we've been doing a lot of waxing as opposed to <laughs> a lot of listening, but, uh, that's okay. You know, well, we did a ton of waxing last week. I was honestly hoping we'd get to 200 stab wounds. Cause I, I took a, I took a little peek at uh, maggot stomps roster, you know, cause uh-huh. generally speaking, I, I like what I've heard from, from this label. Yeah, for sure. Um, and man, oh man, are the promo shots just exactly what I was fucking talking about last week. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's the like, fucking best. I love it. These fucking meatheads standing around. You cross your arms. You let your arms hang at the side. You, I want you to put your hands slightly in your pockets. Now look directly at the camera and look bored. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty much the same approach for all of them. Um, but yeah, I mean, Maggot Stop puts out a lot of, a lot of good stuff. Um, it's, it, I was kind of hoping we'd get around to it because like I said, it, it, it seems like it would be right up my alley from the art and everything else about it. But, uh, yo, so Ian, this is totally on you, whether or not you want to do this or not. So usually we will, we'll, we'll field some phone calls cause we got, uh, we got the demo listen hotline where people can leave messages and whatnot. That would be tough to, uh, to do. And also, you know, many of them are pertinent to episodes in the past that we've done. So you wouldn't necessarily be, uh, you wouldn't necessarily be hyper in the loop on shit mm-hmm. but i i did i did put on the uh, facebook group an opportunity for people to uh shoot some questions your way so if you feel like fielding some questions you absolutely can but if that sounds yeah, like let's, a let's do it i got word. like i said I, i'm just playing guitar the rest of the day after this <laughs> okay word so so we got from ben stuckey who has uh sent a few bands into the podcast they asked Ian, I know you hate hardcore music videos for the most part, with well-deserved reasons. But are there any that you like? Favorite music video in general? Hardcore videos I like. There's very few. I can't. I mean, I I should have I should have looked at the questions beforehand so I could uh, have come up with with some answers. Uh, T. I mean, Tui. Pleased to meet you. Is is the energy of that band and of hardcore at large. And I think that that is a good one. I mean, the problem with the hardcore music videos is that specifically hardcore is a very live setting. Right. And so visuals outside of the live setting, uh, is not great, but also the live setting documented is so boring. So right. it's, it's, it's like this ultimate, like everyone's stuck, you know, like the live music video sucks. Yeah. Yeah, by so, and large. Um, what do you feel? Uh, how do you feel about like the sick of it all step down video? Because that's one that pops out in my mind. Is that the one with the two stepping and shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, entertaining. I, I mean, the tone of it does nothing for me just because it has, it feels comedic to me. And it's not, I mean, maybe that's because it was memed later. I don't know how earnest it was when it came out. But um, for me, it does nothing. I mean, it's it's funny on the internet, but. I think I think that w- I think that was done knowingly. Uh, if if you revisit it, I think the uh, the, the it's clearly trying to convey a, con- a comedic tone. Definitely, sure. definitely, yeah. Um, all right, cool. So uh, yeah, that's I think that's a fair oh, oh, favorite favorite music video overall. Um, I'm just gonna I'm not gonna do that because like I mean obviously there's like Spike Jones fucking whoever, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give you guys my favorite music video currently is this dude. Uh, Salvatore Ganacci and the song horse that is my favorite music video currently it's like I, apparently I think he's like an EDM artist but that's generally great for music videos um, but it's just uh, people punching animals and then a man 
coming and rescuing the animals by punching the people who are punching the animals. And it's, <laughs> it is an amazing fucking music video. You should watch it. Yeah, that sounds sick, honestly. I'm going to check that out probably. Get stoned and watch it. It's amazing. Okay, not you right. guys, not you guys, but the right, type yeah. of people how, who do do that sort of thing. Yeah, how 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 dare you? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I forgot to mention that up top to any of our listeners who are maybe not familiar with uh, with Ian's catalog. The, the man also directs music videos, among other things. Um, so any sort of uh, music video or uh, cinematography-related questions, if you were wondering why the fuck people were asking these, uh, that's why. So we got uh, Dawson Kaiser from Porcupine, who is a Chicago band. Uh, Dawson and Joey are our homies, young kids playing some weirdo music. Yeah, I, I met them. We played with Porcupine when we played Chicago with The Front. Yeah. Oh, man, The Front is so fucking good. Um, Amazing band. Uh, but yeah, we had uh, I had Porcupine at the house pretty early on in the bug house history uh, last year, I want to say. Um, so Dawson asked... Uh, <laughs> Do you think Pat is full of shit for thinking he is one of the best front men in small room guitar music? I personally don't think that. I think that Pat is great. I think that he has uh, a knack for attracting autistics. <laughs> yeah, to, that's for sure. To enjoy him. Yep. Um, and that's part of the appeal. I mean, I, I enjoy him more on the self-defense end of thing because mm-hmm. I, I enjoy the talking. I mean, maybe I would feel different now that he has so many fucking podcasts if I was just a fan still. But, right. um, so maybe I wouldn't enjoy that same element of, but I guess, you know, like people go see live podcasts. I'm sure that people are still going to see self-defense anticipating that he's going to say some wild shit. You know, right. I remember one time we, we were playing in the UK, uh, as self-defense family and he um, was trying to explain what our uh, guitar player Benny does for work, which is that he works with at-risk youth. But people mm-hmm. in the UK don't know the term at-risk youth. So he was trying to explain what that was. And so he said, uh, fuck, it was a, some term, but it basically, and then someone in the, in the audience was like, no, that is like saying the same as retard. And so then he's on stage arguing with somebody in the audience about whether or not he is saying the word retard currently while using the word retard to illustrate the point. And that was, that's one of the fun things about being involved with him is that he will say whatever right he wants i mean there was all that drama because he said he liked puerto rican chicks on stage once you know just like um and and if you took offense to that then you're a fucking clown so right yeah and i will say that anybody like i mean there's every every episode is somebody's first episode so this there's always probably an exception to this rule but i think by and large we have certainly weeded out any uh any listeners who would give a shit about anything that is said because we uh we, we can get a little bit wild. I mean, we have to rein it in slightly because if obviously if we spoke like we did in private, we wouldn't be allowed to even go in public anymore. But it's but, funny because that's how everyone is. Right, <laughs> yes. Right, right. <laughs> right. I feel like everyone has to acknowledge at this point. I mean, I started uh, listening. I mean, everyone listens to fucking Come Town. And, right. Uh, I love this podcast called Red Scare, which they, they yep, say I love some Red Scare. crazy shit too. And so it's like, uh, you know, I don't know. Everyone talks that way and more people need to do it uh, publicly and to speak to, to another one of the things, not to fucking blow Pat, um, and his weird broken dick. But the, <laughs> the thing is that he is the same person online and on stage and in person. Right. And yeah, there's exactly. so few people that have that, um, genuineness still because they've been taught to create a brand of themselves. They've been taught to create whatever. And so 
that's what he that's why people are attracted to him and and that's why he is a uh, top tier at what he does he's 100% one of the best lyricists currently living i think yeah yeah no i i don't disagree with that whatsoever um you know and i, I will I would... not and now because of this he's going to pay for it on the next episode of our podcast <laughs> i'm going to have to drag his ass consistently for saying too many nice things about him Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, this was your, this was your opportunity to break out of that cycle and, and say something nice for a change. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I more or less concur with that. You know, I consider, you know, Pat and I are not good friends by any stretch of the imagination, but we've known each other and been in, in similar circles for many years at this point. I consider him a friend. And, uh, even at that, yeah, I will, I will 100% give him props for being one of the best at what he does. No doubt. Uh, no doubt about it. And I think even with drug church, which is a, a more limiting, a more limiting format in terms of being able to be dynamic, engaging, still does a real good job with it for sure. So, uh, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll allow him his, uh, his big head headedness on this subject. Um, so we've got, we've got the inevitable photography related questions, which I will not bombard you with because you have fielded so many of those in your time. Yeah. I've done, I've done a lot of interviews at this point about it now too. Yeah. We're, we're, we're not going to fucking dip into that again for anybody unfamiliar with, uh, Ian's history, uh, there was a bit of a meme, or at least it started as a bit of a meme, where he uh, took to social media to lambast show photographers, and it just evolved into an ongoing bit that has like a kernel of of genuine truth to it for sure, um, but became also an incredibly effective troll that sort of outgrew, I think, the initial the initial joke. My favorite thing um, is that uh, I so one of the biggest dramas was when I just said hardcore 2019 and it was a picture of literally 20 photographers standing on stage photographing a band. And right. I, I recently had a music video shoot where the person who took the photo I used shot behind the scenes for the music video. And I thought that that was uh, a hilarious <laughs> turn of events. Yeah, that's amazing. So the only, the only show photographer sh- uh, question I will hit you with is <laughs> from Michael Thorne. Which music photographers could you take on and which ones would whoop your ass? So I think Michael Thorne's a little bit bigger than me, so I don't know if I could take Michael. Um, I mean, these people are all pretty wimpy and they really care about their camera, so they're kind of going to just kind of go into the fetal position and protect it. Right. So, you know, I could probably take them all. Yeah, I think that's a fair assertion. Um, Lil, Chris, Lil Chris wants to know why RJC doesn't have any 1999 metalcore influences, which is, from what I know of Lil Chris, a uh, very on-brand question. I don't know Lil Chris. Um, yeah, I never did metalcore, ever. I was street punk, and so I, when when metalcore, what it's like, I mean, obviously there's a heyday of metalcore before my time of even being street punk, but right. uh, I never did like Victory Record stuff outside of like, bad brains you know like uh and even then i wasn't i did when i was watching these victory records commercials on tv when i was a kid i wasn't putting it together like oh bad brains was on this label um but no i mean yeah nothing none of that yeah so so will chris is like the resident uh is this a dumb question he's a purposefully dumb question Yes, he is. Yeah, I would say Chris is a troll. He is. Uh, he's popped into a couple of Pat's Instagram live videos. Um, he uh, he's he plays in that band Tourniquet. If you are familiar with, okay, them at yeah. All. So I think maybe this fool tried to talk shit to me once. I don't know. <laughs> someone, in, I feel like someone in Tourniquet tried to say some shit recently. I don't know. 
it's it's no, entirely be, either way i i, I put right. myself out there for people to talk shit to and i think people should and i think people if you feel a way come see me yeah no i i, I agree with that entirely that's that's essentially how I, I i do my best to exist um rusty from the from the pnw says what's up um so fucking rusty Dude, I, I love Rusty. Um, got some of the wildest opinions that I have ever heard in my entire life. Oh, yeah. Um, but God bless him. The man loves fucking unity blood days more than he likes uniform choice. You know, I, I don't know what to say to that, but fucking more power to you, Rusty. I can't even engage with it. No, I, I honestly can't either, man. I At this point, I usually am just like, God bless, dude. I, I, I hope that's working for you. Um Grant Williams wants to know if you've ever hit Benny with, <laughs> these are my friends. I have their backs. They're the closest thing to blood that I have. So I no, I mean, like I said, all that stuff is above my head. I have no idea. I think that's a black, my heart reference. Cause he was in it, that band. It is. Yes. I had no clue. He was even in that band. So until, and, and even then I had never heard them. So right. it's just, it's just not on me. You know, that's not me. They are a band that a lot of my friends were into and like I so I had a weird experience in that like I was a street punk kid but there wasn't really a scene of that stuff locally that that I wanted to engage with. I mean I went to some of those shows early early on when I was like 12 or 13 and it the it musically wasn't super engaging and the people were awful. So I ended up at a lot of metalcore shows because that was just kind of what was popping in the early 2000s and uh at least regionally. And so I was like a dude with straight up a mohawk and like a leather jacket with a, a like a painted leather jacket with a crass logo on the back watching like five bands in a row that all wanted to sound like zayo see that that, so, that was a that's a that's a type for that era right. there's always one random street punk at those shows right so i got exposed to all that stuff but i never owned any of the records like it never real i like i engaged with it in a live setting because kids were going off and it was fun so I'm passingly familiar with so many of these bands, but I couldn't, you know, I never owned a record. I couldn't tell you a fucking song. Um, I saw Chiodos, you know what I'm saying? But I, mm-hmm. I hated it. I hated every fucking moment of it. So the, the nostalgia for that era really, really escapes me. And it, it, I'm in an interesting space where I observed all of it firsthand, but I didn't engage with it in a way that was meaningful. You know what I mean? The closest I got was I enjoyed the band Aiden because when I was in middle school, my friend told me his cousin was in the band. So I felt there was some personal (laughs) connection to it for some weird reason. Okay. So Um, that's literally the closest I got to any of that. So John Espino wants me to ask you about a time that RJC played a house show in San Antonio. Is that a particularly wild story? Uh, not that I remember. I mean, I, in, in the, we've played San Antonio twice. Both were businesses that I think were lived in. Like both of them, I think were Mexican restaurants. Okay. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. So when they refer to it as, um, I know that people lived in both of the spaces we played, but they just were like storefront business bar ish type places. So I don't know, but San Antonio is fucking rad. I mean, I think that everybody should be going in playing Texas and they should be playing Odessa. They should be playing El Paso. They should be playing San Antonio. You know, like Texas has a lot to offer and there's a lot of people there who love extreme music, hardcore in general, like shout out Texas. I love Texas. Yeah, I agree with that entirely. It's a big mm. state. I think it's daunting for people uh, just because it's such a massive endeavor to try. It's and- huge risk. I mean, to drive 12 hours across one state, it's crazy. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, my my touring experience in Texas has been either disastrous or has been on like a big enough corporate tour that I didn't even have to worry about any of it. So it wasn't a big deal um, because obviously you're playing fucking Texas on warp tour is like a very different experience from like trying to book DIY shows in Texas. Yeah. Um. So let's see. Let's see if I got anything anything else actually interesting. Um. You know, this is I any any sort of like top top whatever questions are always like kind of hit or miss for me just because I'm a grown adult. So it's very rare that I have a singular favorite of a thing. I Mm -hmm. am a person who very much enjoys a lot of different shit. And I assume that most thinking adults are very much the same way. It's like asking a 30 year old man what their favorite color is. Um, But, uh, (laughs) but Taylor Sullivan wants to know what your top three power violence splits are. Splits. Um, I would go, I mean, man is man is a bastard crossed out. Right. That's mm-hmm. that's that's the cream. That's the cream. Um, trying to think of the. I mean, as far as more modern stuff goes, I would I would put the the mammoth grinder hatred surge split, which I, I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't put mammoth grinder under the power violence category, but I think that some of uh, hatred surge's best work was on the was on the A side of that. And then, in theory, not in practice, I will say the Infest PHC split, just because I love, <laughs> I love PHC and I love Infest. The record sucks, but I think it's a great cross section. No, no, fuck that. Actually, Neanderthal Rorschach. Like, okay, but I want to also note the theory behind. Infest and Pissed Happy Children being on the same record is great, but yeah. the execution is terrible. It's not. Well, we, we talked about that on a Patreon episode. We did like we did splits in which one in single which sided like, splits, right? Single sided splits, right? Like splits in which one side uh, super over eclipses the other. Um, and as Nate pointed out, because I brought the Infest PHC split to the table, um, which I really en- I do enjoy both sides of that, but I like the Infest material on that on that split so much better than I like the PHC stuff. That said, as Nate pointed out when we listened to it, you can find better versions of all of those Infest songs across. You know, yeah, I mean, a live split is not someone something that anybody needs, right? right. But yes, exactly. uh, I and I mean, honestly, if it was just Vigilante by piss happy children studio version and then any infest song that could be one of the top splits of all time but uh for me personally i love specifically vigilante by piss happy children is one of my biggest influences for some reason it just that song speaks to me it, it is absolutely a slapper there is no doubt about that and um, the neanderthal rorschach split there's so little neanderthal in the total discography that that's just such an important release because that band um, it's hard to overstate how important that band was. No, and sure. then Rorschach, similarly to kind of the way that I'm talking about, like the Mammoth Grinder Hatred Search split, is like yep. Rorschach's not a power violence band. They no. were just tangential to the scene at the time. You mm-hmm. know, like uh, I love the relationship between Rorschach and Born Against and the way that Rorschach just weaves in and out. And they're just, just this gnarly, extreme, I don't even know what you would call Rorschach. They're just a fucking punk band that was crazy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And especially after like Charles Maggio underwent like um, chemo and because, you know, he had like a lymphoma or something. Um, and there's an, it, there's a, a recording, I think they're live in Italy 
Um, the name of the tape is like close your eyes and see death. And it sounds like his fucking lymph nodes are hanging out of his mouth during the uh, recording. It just sounds so fucking gnarly. And and he was gnarly to begin with. So yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Rorschach, uh, any sort of Rorschach talk is, is right up Nate and I's alley for sure. Um, that is, I mean, I, f- I think for Nate, that's, that's kind of some of the stuff that you cut your teeth on. And mm-hmm. like when I was being first introduced to the lineage of hardcore and punk and, and heavy music that sort of led to a lot of the nineties hardcore that I was getting into when I was a teenager, Rorschach was definitely a jumping off point for me to introduce me to shit like dead guy. Obviously you can, you can draw a straight line from Rorschach, the dead guy. Um, which is so funny just because my association is completely with power violence because I don't listen, I've never listened to. I mean, I know I'm familiar with Dead Guy. I've listened before, but it's never was a band that I turned on. But because right. they were on all of the classic power violence flyers, you know, yeah. uh, that was my introduction to them. So that that's cool that it's a band that can straddle such an interesting line and play different scenes, which is something yeah, that I, I think a lot of bands should be doing. They're, yeah. they're, they're just like a hub of hardcore and just extreme sort of underground music in New Jersey in that area at that time. Yeah, right. definitely. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And yeah, no, I think I, I mean, think that's... who is it? I want I want to say somebody from Human Remains was in Rorschach, or certainly like you know like one step removed from being in Rorschach. There's just so many other bands that branch out of that. Yep. No, for sure. Um, I, to any of our, our our younger listeners who who might not be familiar, um, as as Ian just put it, like yeah, the, this is a band that straddles so many lines and exists in so many spaces and wields a massive amount of influence on various different lineages that spring forth from those roots. So if you're a younger person, if you, you've not checked out Rorschach, I highly suggest that you do because whatever you're into, um, there is uh, at least a passing possibility that Rorschach might have might have had some influence on it. Um, so I'll hit you with like two more and then we'll, uh, and then we'll, we'll be out for the day. Um, uh, Amos Helvey wants to know what your favorite GBV album and or favorite era is. I mean, so I get a ton of God of my voices questions all the time because I very much put it out there. How into it I am. Uh, I mean the like 94 to 96, as far as eras is like completely untouchable. Yeah. Uh, and that's like the most stereotypical answer. And I don't, I don't want to come up with like a try hard. The second era that I would say that I am most in love with, would be like 96 to 2001. And that's, I mean, not like 90, like the Doug Gillard era following. And so like mag earwig and the first couple major label releases are untouchable. And then the, um, Robert Pollard, Doug Gillard record speak kindly of your, uh, volunteer fire department is fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anything like, you know, everybody wants to come up with like the most obscure answer, especially when you deal with a band like GBV that has such a massive sort of impenetrably dense discography. But I mean, if you're if you're throwing shade on B thousand or Alien Lanes or any of those records just because you're trying popular, so hard if you, if you did that. Yeah. I mean, those records are fucking unbelievable, dude. Like they they influence so much shit that would follow it. And like there are songs on there. I mean that are if you straight up if you like guitar based music it would be very very hard to not at least find something there that you that you like you know what i mean like yeah if you don't like echoes myron you probably don't like guitars (laughs) so my my thought on those two is like like neither alien lanes nor b thousand are my favorite at this point 
because right. I've played them out. I've listened to those records way too many times. And so now, like lately, I've been jamming Propeller. Well, like, Propeller's great too, yeah. Nonstop, which is the um, kind of the record that set them down the path into B-1000 and Alien Lanes and, and got them the, right. the success with like going to scat and whatever. I don't need to give a history lesson on them. But um, but yeah, it, you know, it's it, but you can't, they're undeniable. And yeah, for sure. uh, I've been listening to, I've did like a couple uh, run throughs from uh, the same place the fly got smashed the other day. And I was just thinking about how amazing it is that, I mean, those are like high school level. That's a high school level record. There's right. that, that actually doesn't show the promise that the rest of it does, but because of what happens later, it enriches those songs now. And you see what it grows into as time goes on. Absolutely. And, um, and that makes them listenable now, but if someone gave you just the same place, the fly got smashed and said, get into this band, you'd be like, what? who, what fucking high schoolers made this record? Right. Well, we just, so we just did, we're doing like a Patreon series, a three part Patreon series right now. That's like an, an idea that Nate had where we start with a band and then basically like explore all the branches of the family tree of that band, like the bands that the members would go on to do. So we started with deep wound. So we just recorded an episode on Lou Barlow and I think Sebado is a super similar band in that sense. So interesting to talk about Sebado in relation to GBV because they beef. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I've never, I I haven't seen guided by voices without him talking shit on, on uh, Lou Barlow. Really? I, uh, flaming lips. He's talked shit on them. Uh, I've seen God of Voices three times. He talked shit on Lou Barlow all three times, and he talked shit on the Flaming Lips twice. I I've only seen GBV once. There was to, and it was like a two hour set, and it, I loved every fucking second of it, which is unbelievably rare for me to say. But uh, I I don't recall him throwing any shade on Lou Barlow. I forget but, what it was that he said. He said, "Oh, he said I'm a he's like I'm a mat." They were doing a hundred hundred song set list for New Year's, uh, four and a half hour set. And they, uh, he said, I'm a masochist, as you can tell by this. And then he said, Jay Mascus, he's my friend, you know. Uh, but you know who's not my friend? Lou Barlow. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I, I truly love Bob Pollard on, on so many levels. Uh, but yeah, no, I think it's a similar, a similar thing that you pointed out. I think that's a very... Uh, that's an eloquent way of putting it in the sense that like even the stuff that you would maybe think is uh, unlistenable without context or not worth your energy is enriched by being able to follow the trajectory, the trajectory of the band and see where those ideas sort of germinated and then blossomed into what the band became. Um, Definitely. Well, to to speak real quick on, um, on deep wound family tree as well. um, I'm sure you've already talked about the Jay Mascus in the fog beyond or more light record. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Robert Pollard does backup vocals on the, that record, and oh, uh, yeah, he's on the first song and fourth song. But oh. he's, uh, I mean, amazing, amazing backup vocals on that record. And there was at one point talks of Jay and Bob doing a record together, and it, it never, never came about. He also does a, a, a guitar solo on a band that uh, Bob did called Boston Spaceships that has a greatest okay. hits record, and that's all you need of that that band just listen to the greatest hits but the last song uh, i think it's called tourist ufos has a has a j solo on it so just to for the people following the the, the lineage of the deep wound yeah for sure that is uh that is some dope crossover and before before i get to the last question just because you mentioned uh mentioned the record propeller um i will say too like quality of armor is maybe a top five all-time gbv song weed king as well i mean uh over the neptune 
Yeah. Uh, Mesh Gear Fox is, I mean, that's an epic, epic fucking track. And this is, this is pre lo-fi. Yep. You know, that this, I mean, there was lo-fi before that. And then, but this was like a studio record. It was, it's an amazing record. Yeah, dude, it's it's so good. Any GBV fans that maybe are only familiar with the uh, with the records that we mentioned earlier, like B Thousand and Alien Alien Lanes, Propeller is uh, well worth your well worth your time and energy. For go sure. back to Propeller and then go forward to Under the Bushes. That's yeah. it's the it's the biggest sweet spot. And those are two records that are like more high fi than the others that sure. really have tracks. Sorry to sorry to really. You can, I could do whole podcasts on that motherfucker. So yo, no, straight up, well, yeah, I, I, I could do, I could literally do a weekly podcast on on GBV and Bob Pollard and never run out of shit to talk about. Um, so all right, I'll hit you, I'll hit you with the last question. Um, so do you, you know my friend, uh, do you know my friend Skyler Sarkis at all? He plays in a band called Taking Meds. I don't know if you guys have met or not. I have um, not, but I think that we interact a little bit on on Twitter, maybe. Okay, so this is a this is a question that you do not have to feel compelled to answer. But he asked, uh, "What your least favorite music video is that you've worked on?" Oh, I, I like this question. I like this question. Um, so it's interesting because there, there, there's kind of multiple layers to the the most miserable I ever was while working on a music video was um, Angel Dust One It All, but mm. that's also my favorite music video I've made. Word. you know like like that was it was the most trying i mean it was the biggest budget i worked with to that point and we were doing things diy but with like a lot of money and so there's a lot of like growing pains that come with that i've wanted the car to crash between location one and location two more than <laughs> i've ever wanted anything in my life so there's that i mean there's definitely i won't i, I won't i won't put on blast any like finished quality there's definitely stuff to, if it's not on my site there's a reason you know right. um yeah. uh whether that be the if, if you know i i can just see too much of the growing pains in it or whatever but uh yeah i would say that the most miserable i ever was was while working was on that video because it was such a stretch to make it work um and i also was supposed to shoot a video the next day i thought i could do two music videos in a week while coming off of tour like i was went from like the day after tour was our tech scout day and then production and then an, another music video the next day it was stupid i could never it's unachievable so right i do that to myself though but that was the most no. miserable i've ever been yeah i uh i feel like maybe you talked about that on one of the episodes of the the podcast that you do with pat yeah, definitely. I, it's, it was my impetus for starting to smoke weed because I realized that I'm going to kill myself if I don't find a way to relax. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I very much related to you in the sense that like I am a, uh, a pathological overcommitter where on paper I think, yeah, I can tackle all this shit. Uh, and then I find myself in a situation where the, it actually comes down to the wire. I have to back out of, of one of my commitments because I have totally overextended myself. Yeah, uh, but I'm, I'm trying like to get constantly. I'm trying to get better about that um, and not say yes to every every band or every project that I'm approached with, but uh, it's it's tough. I'm like, I think I, I conversed with Henry Rollins when I was much younger, like maybe 20, and the dude said something to me about never resting on my laurels and never being comfortable and being constantly aware of one's like kind of mortality and the encroaching end and how that should just hang as this sort of like ever-present sort of Damocles over your head to motivate you to, to do the next thing. So I've always tried to 
like keep creative projects in constant rotation. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it mostly just results in me being incredibly stressed. So I, I, I always relate to you anytime I hear you talk about that shit on the podcast for sure. It's, it's the classic, it'd be like that, you know? Yeah, for real. So on that note, I guess we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up for the day. I'll do some, some quick housekeeping. Um, if you want to send in music to the podcast, the best place to do it is demo listen podcast at gmail.com. If you're on Facebook, there's a demo listen podcast, uh, Facebook group, and there's a dedicated thread. It's pinned to the top of the, the, the group. So you can drop stuff in there. If you uh, want to join the Patreon episode, if our deep wound family, family tree episode sounds interesting to you, we've got that plus some other stuff. Um, if you, uh, you know, join at $5 and up, you can uh, get access to all of the exclusive Patreon content it's just patreon.com slash demo listen podcast um nate and i were talking about reaching out to tony urba and doing a uh, a cleveland hardcore episode here coming up after we wrap up the deep wound series so i think that's in the works and then uh like i said we didn't tackle uh, voice messages this week we got a couple coming down the pipe that we need to take care of but if you want to leave us a message you can hit us up at 260-222-8341 and uh yo ian thank you for coming on that was uh yeah. that was rad i it was i thank you for I've having been, me yeah, absolutely, man. I've been wanting to have I've been wanting to have a guest on for a while, uh, just because I think uh, I think having an extra opinion in the uh, in the room helps helps to enrich the dis- the actual discussion about the band because Nate and I are are best friends and have known each other long enough that uh, it's very easy for us to get derailed and venture into nihilistic tirades about things. <laughs> so yeah, nihilism was- is not my thing. So I was, tr- I was trying to go more musical with it, you know. Right, yeah. which is is incredibly appreciated for sure. So on that note, uh, Nate, unless you have anything to to add to wrap it up, I think we can uh, we can call it a day. No, I think this was fun. This was good. It uh, it also was good because um, you and I basically know how things are going to fall between us. Right. So it's you know it's fun to have somebody else in there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so if you know if you uh, since we are currently under quarantine, if you uh, if you listen to the show and uh, you're somebody who you feel like uh, you have something to say. Um, you know, reach out to me. I might tell you absolutely not or uh, decide that you're not interesting enough or, or uh, lending us enough clout to come on the show. But yeah, the worst we can say is no. So reach out. Get, um, get Jay the, sidetracked on here. I know he listens to you guys. That, that fool. I, I would love to get Jay on here. That's actually been a, that's been a thing I've, I've been thinking about for a while. Shout um, out if, sidetracked. First indeed. show I ever booked. Oh, Let's no go. shit. Yeah, 2000, 2007. That that is the same year I booked my first show. Yeah. Um, yes, I tracked this shit. Uh, is the shit in the end, but... <laughs> yes. I tracked this shit. Yeah, you can you can just you can clip that and isolate it. Uh, <laughs> um, Freudian slip. No, sidetracked is the shit, and they have been a fixture in the fast core scene for you know the, a decade plus at this point. So um, I want to okay. The, the last thing that I'll note, just because now I know we're no man's land or territory because you already plug stuff, but. Jay is somebody who's been around so long and used to get the shit of like, oh, power violence made by hardcore kids, blah, blah, blah. But Jay's known more about power violence and fast core and extreme music than any of these motherfuckers from the jump. And now all the people that used to say that fake power violence bullshit or power violence made by hardcore kids, they've all dropped out and no longer matter. Uh, so I just want to say shout out Jay. He's, he's the realist. Yeah, the, I I don't know the dude nearly as well as you do. We're not from the same region or anything, but I think we became friends. I think because he started listening to the podcast uh, when it first came out, and we just kind of became homies after that. And uh, I thoroughly enjoy his input on things and and our conversations. So yeah, that would be a dude I think would be incredibly interesting to have on the show. Good suggestion. Um, 
the, the man has bona fides for days. So he can definitely he can definitely speak on this shit with some authority. Um, but yeah, on that note, I guess we will uh, wrap it up for the week. Thanks for tuning in, and we will uh, we'll holler at you next time. See you. All right, peace.